Welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast, where our mission is to help everyone recognize and experience the presence of God. Hey everyone, welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast. My name is Kristen Russell, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are back with a brand new season, I guess, of podcast, and this year, we are going to do a lot better at releasing podcasts and regular intervals, but this year we also have a great lineup with a brand new theme. The goal of this podcast has always been to catechize, evangelize, and inspire, as well as elevate diverse voices within the church. And this year we are very excited because we'll be focusing on female voices of the church. And we're going to be bringing in lots of guests and to share their perspective on topics that are relevant in the church today. It's our hope that through these conversations, we will be able to understand the church, where we're coming from, what we're doing, where we're going, and how we should be disciples just a little bit better. And it's also important to know that we're not alone as disciples on this journey. Uh, There's a lot of stories that we all carry within us that have similar themes, maybe a similar um, genre as what, you know, other people have as well. So part of this first podcast, we really want to break open the theme for faith formation this year, which is the big reveal. So I'm here with Lynn Pike. And she's going to tell us a little bit about the intention behind this awesome theme. Thanks, Kristen. Hey, everybody. I'm so happy to be with all of you for our first podcast of the year. And I'm super excited to have the opportunity to talk about the theme for our upcoming Faith Formation programming. Um, Sometimes I think we have a tendency to imagine God as this faraway being who just put the world in motion and then just left us up to our own devices. But, you know, the reality is that whether we recognize it or not, God cares personally about each one of us and is always at work in our lives, accompanying us, forgiving us, loving us, and sending people to us who extend God's mercy to us. So sometimes when I really start to think about it, it's so mind-blowing that this God who created the entire universe, and in the creed we say all things visible and invisible, made us out of love to love us not because he had to, but because he wanted to. Um, but then we think about, well, how do we come to love people? Well, we have to know them. So people in our everyday life, we get to know them by long car rides and having dinner together or texting or phone calls, but we can't really do that with God. Um, but God's so awesome that God is continually revealing himself to us through actually lots of different ways through, um, uh, through creation and through the sacraments, prayer, one another, and the Bible. So as Kristen mentioned, our theme for the year is the big reveal. And um, we're going to be focusing on how God has revealed himself to us through sacred scripture and how our stories are a continuation of God's great love story for all people of all time. So from the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, all the way through the book of Revelation. God's showing us who he is and is fully revealed to us in the person of Jesus. Jesus is the big reveal. And um, it's a big re- he's the big reveal of God's love. And as disciples of Jesus, we strive to become more and more like Jesus. Now, all of this love that I'm talking about here isn't poured out into each one of us for us to hold on to just for our own well-being. It's a love that's meant to be shared. 
and our guest today embodies this. So we're so happy to have Ansley Dallenhauer with us for our first podcast, Woo-hoo. highlighting women's voices. Whoop whoop! And many of you know Ansley from the weekly blog post that she has written for our Blessed Thoughts blog since January of 2019. She was also a creative and amazing teammate and member of the Faith Formation team for six years in various elementary faith formation roles, Sunday programming, children's liturgy of the word, sacramental prep, and vacation Bible school. She's touched so many lives at Blessed Sacrament and has revealed God's love in a multitude of ways. Welcome, Ansley. Thank you. So, Ansley, we're going to start off. This is a easygoing conversation, but because this year's theme is the big reveal about sharing stories, just, I mean, can you share a little bit about yourself to kick us off? Sure. Um, so we have been in Midland almost 12 years now, which still blows my mind that we've been here 12 years. And um, we are uh, actually about to be empty nesters tomorrow. We take our second child to college and then Mark and I'll be on our own. Um and uh, I'm from, we're actually both from Georgia, and but we've lived sort of all over the place. And uh, I was a former elementary school teacher, and then I worked in a museum as a, um, I directed programs for a museum, and then became a mom, and then went to, um, and then did faith formation. But I think underneath all of that, I um, am a writer because I'm always looking for stories. I think story connects everything and it connects all of us matter of fact I think my favorite year in faith formation was the year that we um, did telling our story and we talked about stories all through scripture and how they all led to Jesus but really even beyond Jesus they all led to us and um, so yeah so story story is my thing excellent <laughs> it's, that's you're the perfect guest for our first episode <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So part I always think of stories is you have to like focus in on what you're passionate about. So you said you're passionate about stories and writing, but what how how did that become your passion? Does that make sense? That- how did stories and writing become my passion? All right, I have to think on this a little <laughs> bit. Um so I've always been a reader and I mean from the time I was little and my kids uh my godmother used to send us big books and my kids would get so excited when they would see a um, book a box from Aunt Leotis cuz uh, Joseph said one time he was about 3 he was like <gasps> books <laughs> so we've always been readers in our family um but how did story become my passion I don't know. I guess I'm always looking for the thing that connects us and story connects us. Um, even um, when we don't feel... Matter of fact, I think that's one reason blogs and podcasts, for that matter, have become so popular. Uh, I know blogs are... My kids would say blogs are kind of dead, but um, <laughs> but I still read them. And um, But I think... The, the internet's become, you know, has become so popular because um, we're always looking for somebody else who's had a similar experience so that we can then say, I'm not in this alone. So, yeah. I was just thinking about Ansley's not just a casual writer. She's a published writer, as a matter of fact. And um, I have one of her books. Her book is on my shelf. It's called Cancer Slam. And I think... Uh, exactly what Kristen brought up at the beginning about stories that connect us. Uh, Ansley was writing out of her own experience of um, having had cancer and 
and, and being with small children as you walk through that journey together. And that book spoke into other people's lives too, so that they knew that they weren't alone in that journey. Yeah, that was, Cancer Slam came because my daughter was um, considered a middle grade reader and that we found immediate, the first, literally, I went from the doctor's office to the book store looking for books to read to my kids who were four and well they were four and seven but Maddie was reading a little bit above that and um we uh so I found tons of books for the younger set but I couldn't find her experience and as we walked through that year I wanted I felt like if if she didn't have this her story told then other kids who were in that same boat weren't having their story told because they were dealing with their own stuff as they go through cancer so or as they go through a parent's cancer experience and the biggest compliment I received on that whole book was um, somebody told me they purchased it for their child to read because a kid in their kid's class's parent had cancer, and they thought if the kid read the book, it would give them ex- uh, information about what the friend was going through. And I was like, that's exactly what it was for. <laughs> it's so important to have our stories heard in a way and and to be confident enough to share our stories. So part of this year, you know, in discovering our stories and telling our stories and discovering God's story, um, it's going to, it's going to be a challenge I think for a lot of people to be able to tell their faith story. Cause we can all tell a great story about that one time that happened, <laughs> you know, and that's forever. The big fish yeah, right. yeah. Or, you know, that one time we got stuck on a dirt road. Mm. I was actually a sand road. You know, everyone's got a rabbit patch road story. <laughs> I've got multiple, <laughs> but I guess the question is, you know, how do we encourage people to share their faith story? Cause maybe that's not a, a, a rabbit patch road moment, um, but it's more subtle. So, Ansley, I'm hoping you can share a little bit about your faith story to kind of, you know, encourage others to share theirs. Yeah, so um, I grew up Episcopalian, and I had a very active faith. We went to church regularly, and um, I'm my husband is Catholic, and... Um, is a cradle Catholic. And so when we married, I had a very vital relationship with God and I didn't see any reason that that needed to change. And so the the way we adapted is we went one Sunday to the Episcopal church, one Sunday to the Catholic church, and we did that for years. And then our oldest child was born and she was baptized in the Episcopal church. And our second child was born and he was baptized in the Catholic church because, you know, (laughs) fairness and we had no more children. And um, so everything was great. Um, and uh, I was in ecumenical Bible studies and, and, you know, we were going along. I, the one thing that doing it that way is you don't really belong to one church or the other in terms of um, uh, like your whole family. So that was a little bit unfortunate, but you know, we made it, we made it work and our kids. I felt like we're very exposed to all kinds of things. Anyway, so, um, around the time, let's see, my daughter, my oldest one turned six. So we were going to be looking into, um, first communion and, um, about that time, just some niggling things with the current 
church I was at or the Episcopal church we were attending were, was going on and it, it just didn't sit quite right. And um, so we went church shopping looking and we looked around and we did all kinds of things, which was all great. And then one day I was out going for a walk. We were living in Manhattan at the time and I literally was walking past the church, the Catholic church we go to and there was a big sign out there and it said looking to become catholic call maureen fulham well i had never thought about becoming catholic because i was perfectly (laughs) happy being episcopalian but for whatever reason we'd just been through a few months of church shopping and i was like well i'll i'll call so i called maureen and she met with me she met with all the rcia candidates separate uh to before we even started the program and um I met with Maureen and I immediately went into <laughs> all the things I didn't like about the Catholic Church. And because um, I just wanted to be very clear that if this wasn't my program, that was fine. And she said, you know, Ansley, I don't think um, it's not so much the church, it's your relationship with Jesus Christ. And with that, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. So then I entered the RCIA. So that was in the spring and I entered the RCIA program and, um, it was pretty, it was pretty intense. Uh, met, it was a big group of us and we met every Thursday for the year. And then about halfway through, we wind up met meeting twice a year and it was the most, it was the best thing I've ever done. It completely revitalized my faith. And there was, I didn't think my faith needed revitalizing, mm-hmm. but it completely revitalized it. It brought Mark and I closer together because I would bring home everything I was learning. And, you know, when you're a cradle Catholic, you, there are so many things you just, it's how you were raised. So you don't think about it. And he um, was very interested. So we had tons of discussions. So that was awesome. And, um, so then when I, uh, you know, when Easter came around, I became, I became Catholic and, and, uh, I, it was something I never thought I'd do ever, but it was, uh, pretty, it was pretty amazing. And so then our kids, um, have been, so then both of them went through first communion in the Catholic church and are, you know, full, full Catholics now. So, yeah. So, um, then we, then we moved to Midland, um, shortly thereafter. And, uh, a few years later, the faith formation position became open and, um, uh, my family did laugh. They were like, whoever thought you'd be working for the Catholic <laughs> church. And so, yeah, you just never know how God's going to take you. <laughs> I would say that's one thing no one ever expects to work for the Catholic nope, church. Right. It's just, that, you, that definitely is God just kind of get... You know, guiding you to where you need exactly, to be. Exactly, where so you it's, need it's to be. Excellent. You know, talking about, you share your faith story and how knowing, you know, being a part of the church has changed because who would have thought, you know, you never thought you'd ever become Catholic. How would you say your faith has evolved over time? Um, so... Um, we can always, I've got other questions. We can always come back. Yeah. Come, come back to that one. It's definitely evolved, but I have to think on, yeah. Before you go on, Ansley brought up the idea of being, um, cradle Catholic, you know, like when you were talking about Mark, right? And so I think a lot of people think they don't have a faith story because, well, I've just been Catholic my whole life. It's just what I do. I don't have a faith story, but I think when you pinpoint those 
moments in your life where um, you thought maybe you were going through something alone, but you felt a sense of peace. You know, I mean, as we said in the beginning, God accompanies us all the time and sends us people. That That's part of our faith story. So even if you were born and raised Catholic and you went to Catholic school and it's part of who you are, you have a story because God's part of every single thing in your life. So I think as we start asking people to think about their faith story and how they might tell it, it might be looking for the presence of God. Where have you felt God's presence in your life? Where do you see God? How do you experience God? Well, in youth ministry, we always said, you know, what were your God sightings? Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of time, I think, to get past the, oh, I got an A on an exam I didn't study for. It's like, that's not, I mean, God may have played a role in that, but <laughs> um, that's called luck. You should study. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as a youth minister, you're like, in, in, yeah, but next time study, please. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we call them God sightings. We could say, you know, how has God been revealed to you? And I think when you take a minute and you just kind of think, you know, you were walking by the church and there's a sign, yeah. want to become Catholic? And you're like, <laughs> no, but I guess, I guess, I guess I'll call it. anyway. Me too. <laughs> that call. Yeah. You know, there's those things that you never, I can talk about that. When I went to grad school, I applied to all these great grad schools and I was waiting outside my advisor's office and my advisor um, was on a, is in a department of three men. And they, on the theology bulletin board, there was one flyer, and it was for Villanova. And mm -hmm. so on a whim, I ripped that off, and guess where I went to grad school? Villanova. And I, don't, I can't picture myself going anywhere else. I'm glad God can communicate to the very dense like me, <laughs> because I needed just that one flyer on that very bare bulletin board. And that's, how, that's not always how God reveals God's self, but... It's really helpful when they're that blatant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Neon yeah. sign right here. Is your name on the top of that? Right. Mm -hmm. the yeah, there there are times when you want God to be like, Ansley, do this, <laughs> but he he or he doesn't. Oh, usually he doesn't do that. But if you pay attention, you see the promptings along the way. It's the paying attention. Maybe that's how my faith has evolved. Is that I pay. I hope I pay more attention. I've just had um, several doors shut per, of things I was planning to do in this empty nest thing thing. And I I um, think one way I my faith has evolved is I know there's a new adventure coming out down the pipe. I just don't know what it is. So I'm trying to calmly go with it. I can't say I'm being perfect about it, but. <laughs> but isn't that the truth? God knows that. For all the ways that he's laid out our path for us, for all the ways, you know, we've discerned God's call for us. We're still human. We're still finicky. We're going to take detours, rabbit patch roads. We're going right. to take all kinds of, sometimes we're going to take the highway. Sometimes we're going to take gravel roads. Sometimes we might get out of the car and go on a, work, on a walk. So, <laughs> you know, it. God knows that. And I think that's awesome. And I think that's important to, keep in mind as we reflect on our stories as well and as we have conversations about our stories is that no one expects you to share your faith story where point A and point Z are a straight line. In fact, I would be very suspect if someone told me their faith story <laughs> yeah. and they're like, yeah, I went from A to Z like this. And I'm going to be like, hmm, 
Really? <laughs> never I'm, doubted, never wondered, never like I'm said, mm, God, this is what you want me to do, but I'm doing what I want to do, mm-hmm. right? The other thing I think is with your faith story is the end is never the end, ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't with Jesus the end. I mean, I in the blog, I often write about the they wanted the certain Messiah, and so when they saw Jesus, you know, dead on the cross or in the tomb before he'd risen, they, 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 that was the end. And, and uh, he showed us that is not the end. It's never the end. And we have to, we have to buy into that. You have to buy into that. The, the, the the story keeps going. That's part of being a resurrection people, right? Like we feel like, you know, so these, um, things that we'd hoped for haven't come to fruition, but it's not the end because out of that, what could feel like a little death to us, it makes right. room for new life mm-hmm. and new things, new adventures. And new life in a I – mean, we can't see the big picture. So we don't know how that new life is is uh, affecting so many more people than we can imagine. So. And that's where faith, I mean, truly comes into it. We we don't know. We just trust. And it's even – even this life is – you know, when we get to the end of this life, it's just the beginning of whatever comes next, you know? And so there's just, when you look at your story, when you look at your faith story in particular, knowing that half the things we've done is on a whim and a prayer probably. And so to reflect on that, it's so important to be able to see where you've been and where you've come at what you know how faith has evolved because as a disciple we should always be growing we're never done doing we never know it all even though in sixth grade I swore after seven years of Catholic school I knew everything I needed to know about the Catholic church and how funny is God that then I went to (laughs) I went to college I was like I should study theology (laughs) there's so much to know so like even just God will sometimes throw your words right back in your face yeah, and I think your your um, point on reflection. So I do a ton of volunteer work with the IB program at in the Mill and Public Schools, and reflection is key to IB. And as a writer and a journal person, I, I find reflection amazing anyway. But I, you have to take time, and that's what I love about the IB program is it forces the kids whether they want to or not, to think about what where what what worked on a project, what didn't work on a project, why it worked or didn't work, and then to be able to take that to the next project or the next step. And I think that um that I you know, in a dream world, they they'll take those same principles and apply them not just to school, but to anything they do, including your faith story. I think if you don't take time out to reflect and to think about what you, um, what you've done and why you've done it and then where that might be leading you or what several directions that might be leading you. Cause I don't think this is something I've just recently come to. I don't know that God has a uh, one path he wants us on, but I think he has a person he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And so it might be different ways to get there. Yeah, ex- yeah. absolutely. And, and Ansley doesn't know it, but she's actually just pointing us to our second podcast of becoming, which is going to be on journaling. But the thought that we had, the thought that you had brought up about, 
um, that we had talked about as far as you know, how can people start sharing their faith journey. Well, if if you're not quite sure how to do that, get a journal, get um, a notepad, get whatever, and just start, where did I see God today? Or um, what am I thankful for today? Because that's a way to reflect back at just what happened in your day and what God might be calling you to. And you probably would be surprised by the things that you actually wrote down to see God so active in your life that you really do have this unfolding story all the time. And as you said that, I was like, choose your own adventure ending too. I was like, oh my gosh, three paths. Which one do I take? Mm -hmm. They might be a little different, but growing into that person. A friend of mine, um, the, the first time I had was introduced to that idea that maybe there's not one way. A friend of mine said her husband was trying to make a big decision. And so he went out for a walk and he came back and he told her, he said, I don't think God has a way he wants me to go here. I think he's just happy I'm talking to him about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, that was a while ago, but it's niggled around. So, you know, reflection, it takes a while for things to come back. <laughs> I think that's one of the most important things we can do. You can call it prayer, reflection. It's nice that high school students are being told you have to do this as part of your assignment. Sometimes I wish someone would tell me you have to, if I got graded on my prayer life, um, it would (laughs) be a pass fail and I will say it wouldn't be passing at the moment. So, but being able to take that time and carving out that time. I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme in all of these podcasts. Is how do we carve out the time to reflect? How do we carve out the time to intentionally spend time with God to figure out who we are supposed to be? Who, What person am I supposed to be in God's eyes? Um, and I, I love that image because, yeah, the world we live in Michigan, so we know all about detours and road construction and, and how bumpy it, roads and, and potholes. bumpy roads, <laughs> potholes, detours, non-existent roads. So, but even in those situations, when unexpected things do come up, how do you react to them? And I think that's what God cares about more because I'm when I'm stressed, I'm not exactly the nicest person in the entire world, but that's not how God wants me to react to that. And so, again, I think that's going to be a huge recurring theme projecting on this year. Um, That that's going to be a theme that I think we come up that comes up a lot in these conversations. Yeah, I think uh, I know a few years ago I started getting up. I'm not a morning person, but I started getting up whatever time I have to get up that day, getting up a little earlier and spending. I I do usually have some kind of. thing to read that has something religious to read but it's prayer time and then I take five minutes just to try to sit there and listen to God I have to admit this morning I hit the clock and I still had one minute and 12 seconds and I <laughs> thought I would had enough today but um but uh that's and I found like that sets the tone for my day because it allows me to well, I think it allows me to check in with God first, and it um, also just allows me to uh, react. I like the react thing because we do react, and I don't know that God wants us reacting. I I think he wants us to take a deep breath and 
um, I don't know what the word would be, but you know, not not react on the spot, but uh, be reflective and proactive, yeah, right? Proactive. Like really think about yeah, it. Yeah, really think about what you're doing. And then um, I found I have a a good friend who's a prayer partner, and we text each other all the time, prayer requests or just frustrations and and um check in with each other and um she's not catholic and um i don't think that matters and it's been it's been it's that's been fabulous so i think those two things really have have done a lot especially through this covid year where mass has been a little uh you know, being, I mean, it's been online. We, now we go outside or we've started going to Saturday afternoons, but, but, uh, where it's just been a little spotty, you know, it's been just, uh, an anchor. That's the word, an anchor. Yeah. So, and kind of bringing us back to stories and revealing and conversations. Inslee, do you have any advice like, let's say people really kind of want to start diving into or even just peeling back the first layer of how to share their faith story or even just how to frame a story, their story. Do you have any advice for how someone might do that? Um, journal. I mean, journaling. I love what Lynn said about the, the gratitude. I mean, there's. it's interesting. There's so much research now on just simple, not faith-based, but just gratitude journals and how much that helps people with depression, anxiety, just your, your average, you know, Joe out in the street. Um, so I think that's a huge one. Um, and, and I don't know, this isn't so much advice as just, uh, you have to be willing to be honest. You have to be willing to be honest with yourself, which can be so hard. And um, uh, the things are going to come up and you you have to be like, okay, that's just a part of me. It's okay. God made the whole package, so it's all good. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Um, that's Those are all the questions I have. So does anyone have any closing thoughts they would like to share? Um, I'd personally like to thank Ansley for entering into this conversation. I miss having Ansley around the office and just all of the spontaneous conversations that come up about faith and life and sharing our stories with each other. Um, Ansley went from a coworker to a friend. And I think that's one of the things sharing our stories. Does it take strangers and connects them in new and different ways? And if you even, you know, you start out that way and then eventually you kind of get to those layers where God is intersecting the two of your lives. And I think it makes it so much richer. So I'm grateful that you came to be part of this, um, women's voices podcast today. And, um, in the same way we've had this conversation today, I'd like to invite all of our listeners out there to be part of our programming because we're going to be having lots of conversations about um, God's revelation throughout history and in our own lives. And we hope you'll choose at least one of those ways to join us. And, um, you know, when we share in conversations 
about what God's doing in our lives, we form this wonderful community of stories. And um, we realize that it's just part of the bigger story of salvation. And it's about forgiveness and love and compassion. And it's kind of how we grow into being the family of God. It's how we become kingdom builders. And we do that by sharing one story, by one prayer, by one act of service at a time. We do that together. And so I'm inviting you as the Director of Faith Formation, get on that website, look at all the wonderful things that are happening and see how um, you can enter into the conversation and have a place to share your story. Yeah, you never know where God's going to have the billboard. The one mm. I saw on the side of the church, but yours will, yours has its own message. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you both for joining us. As always, I love these conversations. I feel like I learn a lot, but also it's just nice to be able to have a space to talk about God and talk about our faith. And for those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. We will be back um, in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode on journaling. So if that kind of sounded interesting, come on back because Mary Jo Curlin's going to come on and just tell us all kinds of amazing things about journaling. And she's just a little ray of sunshine, so you don't want to miss that. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Mm-hmm.